0: Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and I'm also the director of New York City's Hayden Planetarium at the American Museum of Natural History. I'm here in New York City, joined by my fab co host, comedian Lynn Complitz. Lynn, welcome back.
1: Hello. I love our new intro. Isn't that great? It's so
0: cool. All parts of my body are still shaking from it. (laughs) Uh, This this week's show topic is on the science of fashion and as well as the appearance of fashion in science fiction. And I have no expertise at all on this except I have strong opinions about all the outfits I've seen in movies, but we we're, in a few minutes, we're going to get to an interview I conducted in my office with fashion stylist, James Aguilar. We have I, a professional. We have a professional. <laughs> That's right. But first, we have to do, sort of do a, a, an update on the week's news, cosmic okay. news.
1: Well, I know. We have news that has to do with our show last week. Yeah, yeah? last so-
0: week, we talked about new life that, that was discovered in a lake in... California—it's not new life; it's old life. But that lake has—we are high- so cutting edge now. <laughs> that, that, uh, that lake has some of the highest levels of arsenic of any body of water in the world. Right. So if you want, if the, if you find life thriving in it, you want to understand why isn't the arsenic killing them? Because it would kill us, like post haste. And one of the reasons it would kill us is because our body is not good enough to distinguish phosphorus from arsenic they both do you remember your chemistry in in high school do you remember oh yeah of
1: course i do (laughs) i'm just checking (laughs) i didn't even i didn't even know if connecticut was a state or not i I hardly remember chemistry all right so i do know that it's
0: so in it uh arsenic sits right below phosphorus on the periodic table of elements which means they bond the same way with the same elements and so when you ingest arsenic your body doesn't know the difference and you could end up uh, dying from it because your body doesn't protect you from that distinction. There are microbes, however, that do know the difference and can swap it out and still thrive on it. And so, this, we, we reported on this discovery. That's what
1: a, we, found, we found out last week. Last
0: week, it was, it was a NASA announcement that there are microbes in Mono Lake in California that thrive on arsenic in places where the phosphorus would go. Since then, there's been some pushback in the scientific community. Which they're always... Uh, scientists. You know, t-
1: everybody's got to rain on somebody else's
0: parade. <laughs>
1: Even if it's acid rain, they got to do
0: some sort of mean little rain <laughs> so, on the parade, well, stepping on their rainbow. The, you just got to make sure your nose is clean when you're doing science. And oh. so what they, they questioned whether, oh, oh, apparently they were coaxing the bacteria not to replace their phosphorus, one of the basic ingredients of life as we know it. Uh, they, the claim was that they were like swapping arsenic with the phosphorus. Turns out that might not be so, that what they were actually doing was just discovering that the life is doing just fine in high arsenic environments. It's not killing them. They're not actually swapping it out. So so the full answer remains they to be like determined. They weren't, like,
1: regenerating or something? Is that what you were saying? No, no.
0: no it's just Because you
1: lost me at oh, swapping. I'm, I'm dead. I don't even know what that meant anymore. I was like, all of a sudden, I'm back in, in high
0: school. I'm just saying that, it, as is common in any frontier of science, mm-hmm. you come out with an amazing discovery. There'll be other colleagues of yours that are going to double-check it. Someone and wants
1: to step on your rainbow.
0: S- skepticism runs rampant throughout the scientific community because that's the only way we can be sure that people did the right thing.
1: But are there ever final answers in science? Now, like it, it seems like people can always question everything. No, it's something
0: when all the data agree and everything's working, you're done. You're 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 done. You go on to the next problem. So yes, there can be final answers. Like Earth does go around the sun. In case you
1: were. wondering. Yeah, uh, ugh, I know that. <laughs> okay, I'm, just but I'm just saying. But you can keep asking new questions, and you can.
0: Yes. Yes. And so, by the way, so sci- the frontier of science is not only always in flux, but so too, of course, is fashion. In fact, fashion. <laughs> good segue. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that good. I practiced that. that Neil so- Way is saying, "Move on." <laughs> so yes, fashion changes, much to the chagrin of many people who either can't afford to keep buying new clothes, or or or. Uh, but the fashion industry loves it. And I don't fully understand it but I you know we, we have a good interview with with James Aguiar he's Aguiar I think I pronounced it right mm-hmm. he's a fashion stylist to the stars he appears on the TV show full frontal I fashion love that show. full frontal fashion that's the guy
1: I know he's good
0: and so we've got several clips with him and first I tried I talked to him just to get an understanding of sort of where in the universe his mind operates in just to find out is there any connection between what he does and what we do. Let's go check him out. I got to be honest with you, I can't think of a more remote topic from astrophysics. fashion
2: when i got your call i thought the same thing i thought (laughs) what is he
0: thinking science and fashion well because i i've seen science fiction movies and somebody had to design those outfits on other planets and somebody one of your cultural brethren is thinking this through wondering what the future of fashion would bring
2: right and i always say the future of fashion question mark meaning does it really exist so, for instance... Wait, what,
0: what do you mean, does it do?
2: Well, when you look at a futuristic movie or a science fiction film that some designer or costume designer spent Boku time designing, it always inevitably ends up looking like the time we're living in. So oh. can you really design the
0: future? So, for instance... Well, that's interesting because I remember old Star Treks. Back then, it looked cool because I think it was sort of on the edge of contemporary design. But you look back on it, they're dressed like the 60s all the way.
2: That is the 60s. It is
0: so. (laughs) Lieutenant Uhura has got the boots, the tight whatever, the hot pants. It's the 60s. It's
2: the 60s. And it's funny because Star Trek is really, I think, one of the best examples because it really was designing the future, not just in fashion or costume, but in the society and how we expected to live in the future.
0: Right. But if you
2: really look at it, Uhura, Lieutenant Uhura, she was a receptionist. <laughs> she sat there answering the phones. You know what yeah, I answering mean? Answering the intergalactic exactly. phone. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, the future doesn't really exist. And if you look at Star Trek, you see the short skirts, mini skirts, which were big in the day, boots, which
0: were go-go boots, which they were go-go, the boots. go-go they were, boots. They were they were disco cage bo- go-go boots.
2: Absolutely. The uh, the wigs, the the bouffant hairdos, the blue eyeshadow with the Egyptian eyeliner. All of that is very 60s, but it was also, like you said, on the edge of fashion.
0: So it still got to look cool in its day. It got to
2: look cool, and that's Mm -hmm. why we look back at it now like, God, that's fierce. You know, a fashion person would say, That's fierce.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I love him.
2: Yeah, he's great. And he's what I great. really
1: like is that he completely nerded out with you. The minute he said, <laughs> did you notice that? The minute he said, does fashion really exist in the future? You could hear you have like a little science orgasm. You're like, does it? What does that mean? <laughs> that's so got exciting, ex- James. He
0: existential on me there. <laughs> he
1: just got so excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. So
0: I have I have favorite sci-fi outfits of, that have been worn in movies. Do you remember the Do movie you? Barbarella? Do you remember that?
1: Oh, you and every other guy. And you're, if you say well, Princess Leia and Barbarella, I'm going (laughs) to hit you in the head.
0: I saw Barbarella at, like, a time in my life where I shouldn't have seen Barbarella. It was like a a kind of a a, a physiologically sensitive time.
1: (laughs) You weren't sleeping through the night? Is that what you're trying to tell us? (laughs) And then fast forward, I
0: couldn't stop paying attention to what uh, carrie Ann Moss was wearing in The Matrix. That was just awesome. Oh, my. You how and every you other guy. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a guy. What do you want from but, but, me? No, wait. Okay, how about going, you? What, going back
1: what? to what James said, well, you want to know what I like uh, being a woman, what pops in my head? Of course, as a girl, I love Princess Leia, and I loved all the Star Trek. But again, okay. he was right. James is right. The Star Trek stuff, because it was 60s. That was just cute. It looked like Barbie dolls. Mm-hmm. But um, I really love Sigourney Weaver's outfit in Aliens.
0: That she was just a butt kicking outfit. Is that what that was? But,
1: and it was like I liked it because it was very androgynous. It always looked like she could move in it. It was like the the first one was kind of a jumpsuity looking thing. Uh uh-huh,
0: uh-huh.
1: Um, I liked that a lot.
0: Yeah. So, but so you, so what you're saying is you want to be a, a superhero, is like she was. Is that right? I want a utility belt, <laughs> but who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> well, we went back to James Aguilar, who's our. Uh, our interview uh, he's he's our guest this week he
1: called the horror reception
0: <laughs> <know>, that, was- <laughs> that was
1: awesome
0: well uh, we went to find out what he just thinks about science clothes uh, uh, sci-fi clothes and wh- whether they have <laughs> utility
1: say, science clothes really because <laughs> i've seen some science clothes over at hayden planetarium and they're pretty much pop- pocket protectors and uh, ugly shirts
0: let's see what he has to say about the clothes of the future when they're not wearing clothing of our time, they tend to wear these sort of silver costumes, and they all seem to have these broad shoulders. That seems to be a recurring theme. Well, I what, think, what, what's up with that? I, <laughs> I, I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just, what's up with that? Uh, Look, if the asteroid came, you'd blame me for that, right? That's true. Even that though I had true. nothing to do with it. Maybe you did. I mean,
2: that's the thing <laughs> with you scientists—you never know. Uh, what, I, I, what
0: we're cooking up in the lab, exactly. All right.
2: I think the thing with the silver and broad shoulders, it's designers working with technical fabrics of the day. So whatever seems futuristic, meaning like I would never wear this on a day-to-day basis, but in the future it might ward off laser beams <laughs> or or aliens throwing rocks at us yeah, yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know, moon, you know, climate change or climate control on different okay. planets. So they have a
0: utility of the moment exactly. that serves that need. <laughs>
1: I love him aliens throwing rocks at us. Those are some not scary aliens throwing space rocks.
0: He went from laser beams to rocks there.
1: They might ward off laser beams or aliens throwing rocks. (laughs) Aliens don't have laser beams. Um, I like that, though. You know, I have a a pet peeve, and I have a friend who has a pet peeve about people, fashion... People wearing fashions that came from certain things and then not utilizing them for those purposes, like like, like cargo pants. I have cargo pants, but do you use the pockets? Totally,
0: I'm, I, f- I look like I did too. I, I got I got all I got. <laughs> it's, it's what I use because I don't carry a pocketbook. That's why I use. They're
1: it. pretty awesome. They, Wait, you're telling
0: me you have a pocketbook and you fill up all the pockets in your cargo pants? So you need two pocketbooks?
1: No, I wear the cargo pants when I walk the dog, and I put all my like gotcha. my poop bags. Gotcha. See in. what
0: I did back? I don't. I'm old enough to remember this. I don't know. I, yes. I wore. In New York City, In New York City, I wore what of those farmer pants. The 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 overalls? the overalls. I wore overalls. Yeah, with the hammer slot. And Did everything. you wear a shirt under them? I hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Were you wearing them like Studio Fifty Four with one undone on one side? Oh, no, you know?
0: no, no, no. It was yeah. It was just. I guess it was fashion influencing what Did I, I thought. Did you ever wear parachute
1: good. pants? Because that's kind of a science. Thing. I will.
0: I will not admit to that.
1: Because parachute, I mean, those came. The reason those were being used, am I correct? We were talking about it. Is yeah. because the parachute that de- didn't rip. I, I own
0: three pairs of parachute pants. <laughs> I, I must confess, <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty awesome. I, I had a gray, I had a black, and I had another one that was kind of an off red. And yeah, I had, so the, I had pink. Okay, so they what? So they were good. Maybe they became clothing because you could break dance in them without tearing up your clothes spinning on the sidewalk.
1: Right, but I didn't use them for breakdancing. That's my whole thing about fashion. Is of of course that's why they they came about. But then I was just wearing them to school. To school. I went to performing arts school. Okay, all right. Dorky.
0: I just wore them to clubs, but I couldn't wear them to my astrophysics classes. That wouldn't have worked.
1: I just love that your well, whole wardrobe. You've got overalls and parachutes. Guess,
0: but guess who we have back on Star Talk? We have our favorite Bill Nye.
1: Oh that's right.
0: Yes, Bill Nye. He's uh, I don't know how much into is into fashion, but he's into spacesuits. Let's see what he tells us about Science
3: that.
1: Science fashion.
3: Hey, hey, Bill Nye here. Whenever star talk listeners find themselves in space, they want to look good and feel good. That's why you wear your spacesuit. It's high fashion and it keeps you from dying. In space, not only is there no air, there's no anything, which includes nothing to provide pressure against your body, the pressure your body is accustomed to. So spacesuit makers set you up with your own atmosphere. Your suit is its own spaceship. But the suits sewn so far are bulky, massive, and clumsy. A spacesuit is a whole bunch of suits worn one inside the other. See, I wore a spacesuit for a while on TV. There's an absorption layer, a zigzag tube, ventilation garment, a fan, and a nose scratcher. My suit had all manner of joints and hoses, and it took quite a while to don. But soon we'll have biosuits with form-fitting fibers that hold you together without the bulk. You'll be the hit of every party from here to the moon. And of course, as we tell every traveler, don't forget your hat. I mean, your helmet. I gotta fly, Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> okay. That, I love him.
0: Bill, he's a friend of Star Talk Radio and he always comes through for us. Yeah. I didn't know he put on a space suit one time.
1: He I, wore it on his on the T V show I, all the time.
0: And I didn't know that like he had a, it had a nose scratcher in it. That's creepy actually.
1: I think he was hilarious when he just said you have to wear space suits or you'll die. <laughs> and that's, well, nice. that's not scary at all, Bill Nye. <laughs> or you'll die. Hi, kids. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist. We've got to take a quick break, but more Star Talk when we return. Welcome back to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Joining today is my co host, Lynn Koplitz. Lynn, we've been talking about space fashion. And uh, fa- the way technology has influenced fashion and the way fashion has influenced uh, sci fi visions of the future.
1: It absolutely has. I mean, Bill Nye said something right that stuck out to me in the last little Bill Nye minute, which was how um, space and space fashion, you know, the spacesuits are going to be holding us together with thinner, lighter weight material. And, Neil, that's already happening in fashion with Spanx. Spanx. Do you know what those are? No. That's Hollywood's big secret. That is, is creating that <laughs> keeps up the illusion I, I, of what I, we call women. <laughs> and it, it's the most beautiful thing. It, I call it behind the scenes at the Electric Light Parade. If you look under a lot of women's clothing, we're wearing now these – these space-age girdles, this basically. This is body sculpting, you're saying. Yes, they're, but they're basically space-age girdles. Girdles used to be, like, these hideous things like sausage casing, and now they're made of thinner materials. And but they're still
0: sausage casing. <laughs> just higher-tech <laughs> right. versions of it.
1: <laughs> but just a nicer, more comfortable, aerodynamic it, version. It's
0: interesting that materials that technology drove to enable people to do a lot of outdoor things, to stay warm in the cold.
1: Like waterproofing waterproof. That's and all. Vortex.
0: All of that. All of that uh, has become just mainstream clothing. So the intersection of fashion and technology, is, I, I think that distinction is not even there anymore.
1: Can you even imagine not having Cortex? I can't. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it's something that's it, a fundamental part of everyday life. You know, And uh, among cool items that people might wear, I think of superheroes, what they might be wearing. You know, look at what <laughs> Spider-Man wears or Superman. Superman used to, you know, he used to get get uh, wrinkles in his pantyhose, and now he doesn't in the old TV I series. I
1: think they were tights. <laughs> tights. <laughs> I don't think a superhero wore pantyhose. <laughs> okay. I think well, that's what he would tell you.
0: Let's, uh, let's go back to my interview with James Aguiar. <laughs> He's the fashion stylist. And see what he says about superhero costumes.
2: <laughs> You'd wear tights. The Met a few years ago did an exhibit on superheroes.
0: I remember that. I I attended that. That's correct.
2: Which I thought was a very thin idea for a show. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the technology that those costumes had, that's kind of what we're talking about.
0: Where does technology come into this? It's, it's It's more than just the cotton and your sewing machine, apparently. What kind of envelopes can you stretch here?
2: Well, I always look to what sports figures do, and specifically what they do for the Olympics. That's the time when a lot of innovative... Technical fabrics are introduced for athletes.
0: Like the swimmers had the shark skin. Exactly. I don't even know what that was. I,
2: I know, but I, I kind of wanted to try it. But that's how it trickles down then to film. And for instance, the costume designers for Spider-Man say, "You know what? That looked really great. Speed skaters. So let's yeah. let's appropriate that for the costume."
0: <laughs> so you know, just so so people understand. And for so much of sports, you're moving through the air. This is not the Olympics on the moon. You're right. moving through air or you're moving through water. So what you want to do is reduce what we call the viscous drag on your body. And you want water to be what we call flow over you in a laminar way. Right. Laminar means it's does, it doesn't kick up little turbulent uh, uh, curly cues. You right. ever see these wind tunnel tests where they put a car in a wind tunnel and it goes smoothly over the front and in the back it can curl up. If it curls up, it creates like a vacuum behind you and it slows you down. So you want to minimize that completely. So a lot of this, so I I don't know if you knew this, but Speedo approached NASA to get them to develop a superior swimsuit because you want to know how to design a surface that could move through a fluid, could be air or water. Fluid is something that takes the shape of its container.
1: That makes sense. But then also, what about um, the sneakers? Like for pro basketball, I mean, I know those guys spend a lot of money to have sneakers that they can jump higher in and move better yeah, in, Yeah, right? I think in the end- That would come from space. It helps
0: it? when you're a good basketball player. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but am I wrong? Uh, it...
0: I don't know how much space technology went into basketball shoes, but I know a whole lot of technology has gone into basketball shoes.
1: And sneakers. And, and I used to
0: believe, I mean, I remember seeing ads for PF flyers and they had the action wedge on the inside, but we could never afford them. And I would I was wearing Keds <laughs> and it was like... But Your I,
1: mother's like, just draw a little wedge <laughs> on the side, you're fine. <laughs> but
0: I could still run faster than all the rest of them. So I knew that was Aww, a lot of baloney. Oh you yeah.
1: had welfare flyers.
0: <laughs> that's, that's how that was. So anyhow, so the, the frontier of research we have really smart people solving interesting problems has affected uh, fashion in ways especially the olympics where (laughs) michael phelps our
1: viscous drag
0: viscous Uh, michael phelps wore just one of wore one of those one of those outfits for the olympics did
1: he have clothes on i didn't notice
0: (laughs) okay distractive
1: (laughs) i like to picture him nude uh
0: there's some claim recently that there's clothing that is self-heating and I ha- I'm, I'm skeptical about that. And that was brought up by James Aguilar. Let's, let, let's see what he says about it. And I think I got on his case about
1: that. I'm premenopause. I do not need that.
0: <laughs> All right, let's check him out. There's a store called Uniqlo that has
2: designed heat-sensitive... Oh, no, wait,
0: excuse me. I saw their ad in the subway. You're skeptical, right? Self-heating clothing? Now, I do physics, and someone says the clothing is self-heating. I ask, what is the energy source? Is there a battery? Is there a coffee warmer? Like, what is it? And then I read the fine print, and all it does is trap your own body heat. That's what any clothing does. That's why we put on our clothes in the morning. So maybe it does it better than other clothes. Fine. Say that. Don't say that you somehow revolutionized clothes because it keeps your body heat in. Excuse me? Are you done? (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, uh, no, no, let me keep going. And so I was pissed off. There in the subway, I had nobody to complain to, nobody to punch, because it's abuse of the laws of physics. Okay. And, and I'm the physics police.
2: All right, physics police. No, no, first and of all, now I'm done. First of all, it's not. What it does is it redefines technology and how we decide to layer our clothes for warmth. So instead of. Well, you could put cotton on, but we know cotton breeze. We know linen breeze. Silk is actually a really good fabric for warming the body. Insulator, that's right. It's a right. great insulator. And this is what this is. This is technological fabrics that say, you know what, now I'm not going to wear that quilted thermal T-shirt. I'm going to get this because it's super thin. It's going to not make my appearance bulky or I'm going to be able to And then I can this. go out in the
0: cold dressed In many more ways than I could have before. (laughs) Exactly. I believe it if they said it just simply keeps you more warm than other clothes. In a thinner way. Because when we all grew up, they said, oh, you need 14 layers and thick coats and that's how you stay warm. I'm glad that's all been transformed. We all look like the Michelin Man running up and down the block.
2: Yes. And when I was growing up, my mother would put Wonder Bread bags on my feet inside my boots to keep my socks warm. Wow, so we've come a long way. You know what I, no no no, actually
0: no, the wonder bread bags was so that your feet can slide in easily through the rubber galoshes. That's why Because I had Wonder Bread bags, too, and that's why. Unless your parents gave you a different excuse for why they did it. It would not, I swear to you, it's not to keep your feet warm.
2: It wasn't to keep it warm. It was to keep them dry.
0: Dry, okay. That, too. So
2: when you've got the rain or the snow, it was an insulator. Did that
0: scar you so badly? You had had this Wonder Bread moment on your feet, and you swore this would never happen again, so you became a fashion designer?
2: No. What it did made me realize how often and how much technology and materials affect our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. And this this is kind of what your point of the show is I think is how do all of these elements affect science? And if you're not looking around, if you're not as a designer especially if you're not looking at materials and technology and blending the two, you're really not pushing anything forward. So
0: whether or not you're explicitly thinking science you're freely recognizing that added science literacy in your profession can definitely aid your designs and where you head and, and what you're doing. It's everything
2: that makes a person well-rounded and interesting and interested.
1: <laughs> I love him. James I love that he just dissed you. He's like, no. You were trying to be funny about the the Wonder Bags, and he's like, uh, no. What it made me think was what your show's about, I believe. Um, you know what I thought was really interesting what? about that, Neil? What? I, living in New York City, you know how I live in a pre-war building, so it gets very hot in my apartment.
0: Wait, which war are you pre- <laughs> You know what I mean. <laughs> Be specific. My point
1: is, is that it gets Wait, very- Which way? Well, go well, out no, to the world. It. I don't know. Just stop it. I just want to get to this point. We're going to run out of time, and I want to talk- to Go. Say this. Then, so I turn, I open the windows, mm-hmm. and because that's how you have to live in New York. Yeah. You've got the the heat from the building. It's the old buildings, and then you open the windows, so it sometimes gets freezing in the middle of the night. So I've really experimented with how to layer my blankets and the strangest thing. And that's when he just said that I thought, oh, my gosh, that is, I have experienced this is that I I always thought by putting the warm like the fleece against my body, it would be warmer. But now I have found that when I put the sheet first and the fleece between the down and the sheet. That's the warmest combination. So you
0: could write up this scientific experiment. It was kind of interesting. Science in Lynn's bed. This is this yeah. is good. <laughs> good to hear, Lynn.
1: It is a bit of a Petri dish. Uh,
0: there's a bit of thermodynamics here. How much thermodynamics do you remember, Lynn? Do you?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, hold on. Let me pull out my thermodynamic <laughs> book.
0: <laughs> no, it's good because you can get energy or You're take energy. You're to me today. No, I'm not. Depending on your your on what kind of chemical. There's chemical energy that can be taken away from something or given to. So cold packs at And I'm at talking about events.
1: trapping the heat in your body. We're, in your body. We so that's one
0: about. way to stay warm. Another way is to make yourself warm from sources of heat. And it's just a matter of what kind of chemical like combination. Those little hot packs. There's that hot you can packs. Have. You can rub them, and they release the chemical reactions. Turn the pack... Pot. That's an exothermic reaction, and then there's others you can do the same kind of crumbling of the crystals and it makes it cold and you have a cold that's an endothermic reaction
1: and it's amazing how that has grown because when I was a kid, my grandparents would say you've got to put a hot when they were kids they had a hot potato they put in their pocket to keep warm and then they would eat it.
0: For lunch. Is it, was this Ireland? And, like, where no, did, it was, was, it was
1: the Depression. They would, they oh, the to, Depression, yes, of course. To stay warm, you had to have a, a potato in your pocket, and, and, and then you eat it for your lunch.
0: T- potatoes stay hot for a long time.
1: Now, kids should be lucky. They, they get the endothermic thingamajig. They just get
0: chemistry to do it instead of food. <laughs> That's right. Or you hope they weren't. That's right.
1: <laughs> Is that dangerous, though? Is that a pollutant, those things?
0: I, I don't know. Some chemicals are, but uh, most are much less polluting than people believe they are simply because they're called chemicals and people think all chemicals are bad
1: i'm just thinking maybe we should go back to the hot potato
0: okay work on it you're listening to star talk we've got to take a break but more on the science and technology of fashion when we come back Listening to Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I'm here with my co host, Lynn (laughs) Coplets. We've been interviewing this hour James Aguiar, who's a fashion designer to the stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, he's a fashion stylist, and he makes you look good when you need to look good. And so he's been giving us insight into what goes on in the head of a fashion designer. And there are other things that go on in the relationship between technology and fashion. For example, people today, you don't even think about it anymore, but we have wrinkle-free fabrics and stain-resistant fabrics and fire-resistant fabrics and waterproof fabrics, and we just buy them and just accept that that's what they are, and... I don't know that there's enough appreciation going on to the fusion of science and technology of, of science and fashion. As that, <laughs> if unfolds. you
1: were around back when people were blowing up, remember those shirts that were from India and they were they were literally getting lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I not
0: like, remember that.
1: <laughs> if you went near an open flame, you were going up in flames. It was like back in the eighties, and they were it was a nightmare. And now you know, and then you appreciate it when you remember back to that stuff. Yeah,
0: and so there lot there's several ways to do it. I think in the old days you would dip the clothing in these in sort of sort that would. Uh, give it these properties. Nowadays, I, I, I've been reading that they've they can actually grow. Um, they can treat treat the wool fibers themselves, the the, the, the woven fibers themselves, and then whatever you make out of it would then have that have those properties. Although one, I and just, there's
1: all that wrinkle free, like the spray stuff now, where you can do your own spray dry cleaning. Your spray, yeah, but isn't that just steam? Is that
0: just steam? that's not because formaldehyde will make clothes wrinkle free forever. I don't know if you knew that. Formaldehyde. I didn't know that. that. That's the stuff that keeps brains fresh in a jar.
1: I know what formaldehyde is, <laughs> okay. no. Just in case. I don't know if you have formaldehyde. <laughs> I keep all my ex-boyfriend's toes in it. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> and there's another one. I just read this story. The London College of Design professor Helen Story mm-hmm. created a magically disappearing dress made from polymers. and what It's water-soluble polymers and there's a video there's a water water soluble
1: so she made like a soap dress
0: the soap dress, essentially and (laughs) so the
1: emperor (laughs) did have clothes on they were just made out of soap
0: (laughs) well it here's what happens so if you go into the water then the clothes just dissolve off of you and there's a video of a supermodel wearing this new dissolvable clothing dipping into a pool of water and the the dress does we have a video of this on Star Talk Radio's Facebook page. Did so she
1: know it would dissolve?
0: <laughs> oh, was she not told this in advance? <laughs> I
1: don't know. Just give him, give a bunch of women these soap dresses and then push them into puddles.
0: <laughs> so you can find uh, on our Facebook page, we have the link directly to this disappearing dress act. Oh, I have to see that. My question is why? Why? Why is it you're too lazy to take your clothes off before you go in the shower? Is that what what?
1: My I, I, I guess is because they can. Well, I this mean, that would be the why. I fashion mean, designers
0: gone bad, I think is what. I'm that sure
1: is. Lady Gaga has one of those dresses, <laughs> don't you think? Wouldn't that be great? You could squirt her with water guns on the red carpet. <laughs> oh, that would
0: be great. The Selective uh, a- anatomical parts. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We're Facebook.com/slash/StarTalkRadio. Otherwise, just do their marvelous uh, execute their marvelous search functions, and you'll land right where you need to be.
1: Didn't the, the London Museum of Design? Didn't they also make? They made a dress made out of like LED lights, and it was total Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, style. I think
0: it's uh, you know why not if you're going to go there just to see just to test the waters. But I'm more intrigued by this next frontier of what they're doing <gasps> with too. fashion, and they're they're now working on materials that have all sorts of sort of sensory. Applications, for example.
1: This is so interesting.
0: So they're making infant bed linens that smell like mother's milk.
1: So they're made out of aromatic fabric. Yes,
0: yes. Okay. And you choose the aroma that you want. And so, with,
1: wait, tell me about the infant bed linen.
0: Well, so you you wrap them in this, and they think they're 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 smothered in mother's milk, and there's some pleasure to that. I presume. Okay,
1: I know grown men who would want to sleep on this. <laughs> right.
0: And it, but it can it can calm down anxious children. I mean, previously, what we did with my kids is you you know simulate a heartbeat, you know. But now this seems like much more uh, sort of a passive yet nonetheless effective. But now tell plan. tell
1: people listening the other things that these aromatic fabrics smell. Okay, like so it's one, really cool.
0: Okay, so suppose you have a, suppose you have a cold, you can use sort of eucalyptus treated. Uh, pillowcases, and then you And can... I've
1: always sprayed my pillowcases with eucalyptus. Is that right? Or lavender, because both of those things are nice to sleep on.
0: So your bed is a Petri dish. <laughs> this is I doing. clean the <laughs> sheets. You. Uh, here's one. So, so <laughs> Pluto we've got... is a planet. <laughs> okay, go on. So also in the fashion science lab, there are clothes that contain pheromones that enhance sexual arousal oh, and attraction.
1: Oh, great. That's what we need. Viagra <laughs> sheets.
0: <laughs> well, it wouldn't have to be sheets. In that case, just clothing. You just put it on your shoulder or the part of oh you that's my closest. What? Don't complain to me. I'm just, I'm, I'm just reporting just a the a news. That's a bad idea. I'm reporting the news. Men
1: are horny enough. <laughs> what? I don't. Can you imagine being on the on the subway knowing that those clothes are out there?
0: <laughs> you have to watch. You've got some homeless is...
1: guy rubbing up on you. <laughs> I like your jacket.
0: <laughs> <Where's> <laughs> smells <that>? good. <laughs> There's that scene in Trading Places. I don't know if you remember it, where Penelope sat down on the couch, uh, on the chair in the in the in the police station, and this really creepy, like homeless guy <laughs> just leaned over and said, "You smell good," <laughs> which oh, so she gross. sprays him on. It. So, anyway, so this is a fascinating. And what, what's obviously next is if you need medical uh, doses of various things, you can have clothing that has medicine built into it, and it gives you the right dose at the right time.
1: Oh, I don't trust that at all. W- why? What if it gives you too many doses? <laughs> i think she she overdosed on her cardigan
0: (laughs) (laughs) and there's one more there's one where you can use clothing that actually does its own smelling to keep track of what uh if there's something in the air what
1: What does that mean well so for
0: example let's say suppose you can imagine clothing that was sensitive to carbon monoxide and then the clothing sort of reacts when you (sighs) walk into the presence of these chemicals that's kind of interesting (laughs) <laughs> I mean, why that's not?
1: Awesome! I love it. And if you could program your clothes, and to there's, there's, sniff out douchebags that were <laughs> guys that you don't like. In, uh, this
0: talk that crime scenes—they're going to in a crime scene. That's right. You, if the if the criminal has a particular smell, the clothing can retain a record of that smell, and it's a much more chemically complex and oh, uniquely findable. Fingerprint idea. And then fingerprints themselves.
1: Now, but then you're gonna have people like bathing in you know, deer pee to hide their
0: smell. (laughs) Let's go back to James Agarard. to see what he says about the fashion changing, because everything changes. Let's see what he tells us about that.
2: Fashion is always about changing. It is always about deciding what people want in the future. Fashion designers design two and three seasons ahead. They're
0: always thinking this way. They're
2: always thinking this way. It's the masses and all of us who sort of catch up with it two years later, three years later, four years later. i got to ask,
0: mm -hmm. why does fashion exist at all? I don't mean to be so blunt. Mm -hmm. I'm just, why do you make me buy something different three months from now? I'll tell you. I'm perfectly happy. The clothes fit. They work. I'm fine. Now, you got to come and say, I got to buy something different.
2: I don't. But your daughter might, or your wife, or your girlfriend, she may say, you know what? I am tired of you wearing those jeans. And look at President Obama when he was wearing those dad jeans. He got ridiculed not only in the fashion press, but the press. Fashion exists so we can we can change. So that you can ridicule. So <laughs> so that we can So re- you can have a,
0: a worse dress list. That... And the best dress list. Okay. And we can reassess
2: true. how we feel about ourselves. <laughs>
0: That's James Ocular. <laughs> you know, so fashion, it changes all the time. and It
1: does, but I don't think I agree with everything he's saying. Because My friend and I were saying this, too. Like, It, it doesn't always... It changes. It e- it definitely evolves. But lots of times, it's, it's making a play on the old, like just retweaking.
0: Retweaking, so you got to go out and buy something new. But it turns out, interestingly, and even Darwin noticed this in The Descent of Man. <laughs> oh, that, Darwin! <laughs> we can go back to Darwin. Not Darwin! Darwin, yeah. He noticed that... Many animals in the animal kingdom, humans included, have some sense of what beauty is. Look at peacocks and birds in general. The plumage, particularly of the male versions of the birds, are because they're the ones with all the the fabulous fe- featherage,
1: all the pomp and circumstance
0: <laughs> in the bird kingdom. Yes, so so what's the
1: female it? peacock has got a little brown tail feathers <laughs> dragging in the dirt while he's out there. Look what I got!
0: But it's kind of a, 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 clearly they don't, not that we know of, have fashion designers of their own. But clearly, but they're into looking good. And I'm intrigued by. And they that.
1: attract each other, with that,
0: they attract each other. They attract usually That's a mate.
1: The interesting thing is they actually attract each other with the. They fashion. attract
0: something that they can make more peacocks out of, right? So, it, 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 but, but I'm it.
1: saying that definitely, you can definitely see that in the animal kingdom. Then you see that definitely on the red carpet because look at Jennifer uh, Lopez in her little low there was there was Versace and thing. That's to attract a mate. It's
0: not only plumage, but in song. And in how they decorate their nests, Jennifer Lopez, and, and this is Jennifer what, Lopez. and and you know the the hot cribs on MTV. Okay. You know right. this is, we do all the same thing that the birds do. Maybe this is this is a, <laughs> this is a deep insight.
1: <laughs> you know what's interesting about that? I have a friend who's a, a stylist who told me one time that you can wear any color green any shade of green matches each other because of nature, that we're so used to seeing all shades of green. Oh, I didn't know that. And it's true. You can wear a hunter green and light green, and, mm-hmm. and all shades of green actually match each other, and I think that's really neat.
0: I'll keep that in mind next time I'm going to a scientific yeah. And
1: I have an interior <laughs> design friend who actually told me that he uses fruit to help him with color combinations sometimes.
0: Let me, like quote, let me quote Darwin, because he's right here with us. It, it, he <laughs> says uh, that... <laughs> Uh, on our, on the subject of imagination and the love of imitation, okay, yeah. it, it could not have failed to have led to the most capricious changes in customs and fashions. Well, so, you can use fruit. <laughs> 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 What's the woman's name who did that? What?
1: It was a friend of mine back in Nashville. I don't even remember his name.
0: You, you're from Nashville? You're not from Nashville. Yeah,
1: I lived in Nashville. You
0: lived in Nashville. Not I from there, okay. I so. You're listening to Star Talk. We'll be back after this quick break. Star Talk. I'm with my co-host, Lynn Coplets. Lynn, I have a surprise for you. This whole show's been about fashion. Yes. I have. I have something from our last season. I just had to put right in here and now. Here she goes.
1: What is it? I don't like the outfits, so I wouldn't live in outer space.
0: So it's all about the clothes. Yes. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> I agree, but I like the idea of zero gravity, Jim, because um, without zero gravity, gravity is what pulls everything down. So it does give us that, that more uplift. That's the only reason I would even consider going in space, is the idea of I don't have that drag down.
0: So, but- so Joan, you don't need any more uplift, apparently. No, is that no,
1: no, no, no. The point is, yeah, so you you would have things up, but you still have to wear those stupid spacesuits.
0: Oh, good point.
1: They look like gay exterminators. I don't <laughs> like the spacesuits.
0: Good point. So I- so even even if you're floating, no one knows because you're wearing a spacesuit.
1: Yes, suit. you're in a stupid spacesuit. They don't know. You can't get your toes down those big <laughs> Boots, that are, the gravity boots It is so not for me
0: So so you want open toed gravity boots
1: I would like, if I was good I will wait to go on the moon Until they figure out a way you can look nice <laughs> I don't like the outfit I girl? love my girl tone I don't like the outfits.
0: That's your girl Oh,
1: the two of us, you know, we're both not shallow women But when you listen to us together, Joan says like the outfits And I'm like, I'd only go in space Because there's zero gravity What an idiot I am <laughs> Yeah, that's my girl. I love her.
0: Well, so we've got another last clip of James Aguirre who he's our guy. He's our fashion stylist. And he's funny he too. he works on all the people who are on the red carpet. He actually he told me if I ever won an Academy Award one day that he would like <laughs> fix me up for that. This is like so not gonna happen. But... And if
1: I ever win a Nobel Peace Prize, he's gonna fix me up. <laughs> okay. What a generous guy.
0: Uh, he talks about NASA inspired fashion. Let's see what he has to say.
2: The other day, I was going through my bag of stuff, and I found an old GI Joe costume. When GI Joe had hair,
0: and is he now bald? I, n- I didn't know this.
2: Well, I think he's plastic now. I mean, this. Oh, is... when he had
0: actually fiber yeah, like hair. Fuzzy, fuzzy yeah, fiber hair. hair yeah.
2: Um, and it was a NASA space travel uniform. And... As, as
0: they have for Barbie too. There was Gemini Barbie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And it made me think. First of all, it was a well-made costume, but it was metallic silver. And I think that that's what you always see in the future. And then I always think, did Helmut Lang in the 90s have this costume on his inspiration wall? Because he did a whole line of Nassau-inspired fashion, and specifically silver and mylar and technological fabrics. So I always sort of... My application is always fashion. Yours, obviously, is, is the world of science. But I always see where's the starting point and how does it affect fashion
0: that's interesting and the more creative the fashion designer the more elements they can draw from pop culture from society because otherwise dare i speak out of my zone if your inspirations are not drawn from real things they might fall on fallow ground right. in the in the interest of the buyer whereas if i have 12 buttons And you're hitting these buttons and I don't even know it. I'm going to say, boy, that's an awesome looking outfit. Meanwhile, I had a piece of that came to me from various famous events or various famous costumes that we all know and love.
2: Well, I think the myth about fashion is it's all fluff and it's just like, oh, you look fabulous and blah, blah, blah. When you really sit down with a Karl Lagerfeld or John Galliano, their breadth of history and what they know is so far removed from fashion its tribes in some you know some indigenous mm. tribes its history its art its science its technology it's really all little coming, to do with fashion
0: all coming together to inspire every next thought that comes out of their mind
2: to make you buy <laughs>
0: Buy is in B-U-I. Exactly. That's okay. Yeah, not, not B-I. <laughs> 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 James what
1: to make you buy. That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if I trust a grown man who has a G.I. Joe doll in his bag of things. <laughs> um, no, I do trust him. Listen, what he was just saying about the Mylar, mylar he's right because um, – My friend who's here today, who's hanging out, she was telling me how Terry Mugler and Claude Montana, who were big designers in the 80s, how everything they had designed, like everything Donna Mills wore in Knox Landing, remember that? Yeah. Back to the cul-de-sac? Yeah. Everything she wore looked like Judy Jetson. It all was like um, the big, the big, lap- and the big lapels yeah, and the, the, the big shoulders. shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. And then remember those belts we wore back then that had the the bead. They were all very. I like, remember um, that. Mm-hmm. You know the weird. Uh, what do you call it? Utility space belt. space was
0: it. working. It's working. It's magic. On Little waist, big. All we wanted to look like. That was it. You know. You know we have tweets that come in. Can oh, I? I have yes. one.
1: We've been tweeted.
0: Yes, we have. And so here's one. It's a tweet. What that-
1: is the tweet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, I, I, get this name straight, J.F. Doolster tweeted to Star Talk Radio: Do the shape-up shoes by Skechers do anything for your body? Now, I don't, I don't know for sure. I was going to buy them, but I said these look weird, you know? Those are
1: those little ones that look like they rock a They look bit. like
0: they're, they're rocking chairs on the bottom of your sneakers. And it turns out, and I didn't do this study, but it turns out, just a few months ago, the American Council on Exercise, I didn't even know such a council existed, and <laughs> listed a team There's of... a council
1: <laughs> on everything, by the way.
0: <laughs> they listed a team of exercise scientists to test the effectiveness of a these toning sheets. And they found that none of them showed statistically significant increases in either the exercise response or muscle activation during any of the treadmill trials. Interesting. And, and, they, involved, and they tested 12 physically active people. So, they concluded, so the answer is no. no. There is no evidence to support the claims that these mm-hmm. shoes help wearers exercise more intensely, burn more calories, or improve muscle strength or <laughs> tone. End quote. But you get to be cool and claim that you're sort of on the frontier.
1: Oh, my God. I love your science answer. There are no... <laughs> okay, your answer, tweeter, is no. They don't help. If you want to spend 40 bucks, knock yourself out, but they don't help.
0: I'm just saying.
1: Put the donut down.
0: Next. I mean, we're coming to the close of the show. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> And in the close of the show, it's it's my turn to sort of give a...
1: It, this means shut up, Lynn. <laughs> um, I love you, Neil. Thank you very much. This was fun today.
0: Well, you're going can, you can to listen to my close? Yes. You no, i going to pee. <laughs> no, I'll listen, of course. No, I, I try to close each show with a cosmically inspired tweet, mm-hmm. if I might. In, but informed by the show that we just did. Yes. So what I'm thinking this time, when I, as I open the show in my conversation with James Aguilar, it was... Fashion and astrophysics, where do they intersect at all? Do they? Should they? And I realized, my, me and my colleagues, we don't like to admit it, but yes, we wear clothes that have been designed and influenced by somebody out there. And maybe there are some fashion folks that said, oh, science, I don't know. But at the end of the day, without physics, there'd be no fashion channel. There'd be no TV. But without fashion, physicists might just be naked. You've been listening to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. As always, I bid you to keep looking up.